who was in anguish. In earlier times, he treated the land of Zebulun, the land of, of Naphtali, with contempt. But later on, he shall make it glorious by way of the sea. On the other side of Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. And then the poem begins. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. You shall multiply the nations, you shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence, as with the gladness of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff on their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor as the battle of Midian. For every boot of the booted warrior in the battle tolmet and cloak rolled in blood will be for burning, fuel for the fire. For unto us, so for a child will be born to us, a son will be given. And the government will rest upon his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or his peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness. From then on and evermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Well, Father God, we pray that you will speak to us through your word. Open the word of God to us. Enable us to understand all that it meant for us, that for us a child is born. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I just want to focus firstly on that line in verse 6, that verse in verse 6 which says, unto us a child is born. Because when a child is born, everything changes. And I don't know if um, those of you who've had children remember that uh, particular moment, or you might have grandchildren, but um, everything changes when a child is born. I remember when Ben was born, we were handed Ben by Nurse Betty, who was a very sort of joyous, uh, sort of happy-go-lucky type of nurse, who said, there he is, and from here on, it's all going to change. (laughs) And I'm like... And uh, so we brought him back into the house. I remember him coming through the house in his little Moses basket. It was like coming, it was August, but it felt like Christmas. You know, we had this baby and we brought him in the basket and we placed him on the coffee table and Sarah sat one side and I sat another side and we looked at him and we looked at one another. Then we looked at him. Then we looked at one another. And then we said, what do we do now? Like that. (laughs) What do we do? We thought we were prepared. You're not prepared. You're not prepared. And Sarah said, don't phone your mother. She'll be up here within the hour. She would have burst through the door, high-fived us and subbed us to the bench before we know what time it is. Let's see if we can work this out ourselves. We've got a book and the phone. And I was looking at the book, looking at the phone, looking at Ben, looking at the book. And we managed to survive. We managed to survive. But you're never quite prepared, are you? I don't think men are prepared for most things, to be honest. I think um, we're certainly not prepared for babies, that's for sure. It's partly because women know everything about their children. They know, you know when the dentist appointment is on Tuesday. They know that Georgie is the name of the teddy bear. And they know that Isabel is her best friend. Men, on the other hand, are vaguely aware that there are some short people living in the house. And haven't got a clue about what's going on most of the time. So when a baby is born, we're not really prepared. Because the baby changes everything. Now, in spiritually, a baby changes everything as well. And when Jesus was born, everything changed. 
everything changed. And the passage of scriptures tells us that. It says, those who walk in darkness will see a light. Those who are in gloom, they will have gladness. The moment that Jesus Christ was born, Satan knew it was over. It was over. It was now just a matter of time. As if God had said to him, you never thought I would do it, would you? You never thought I would pay the ultimate price and redeem mankind by giving my only son. Well, here he is. When a child is born, everything changes. The light dawns in human souls. Now it's possible for them, it says in the poem, to see the light. Now it's possible for human hearts to see the light, to understand the light. Now when we talk about Jesus, something actually happens spiritually in people's lives and in people's souls. Those who walk in darkness will see the light. And it's interesting for those of us who are, in the, who are the people of God, the children of God, because those of us who are in Christ, even though we go through the dark times, there's always a light. It's different for us. God will always provide a light in the darkest of times for those who know him. He says, you shall break the yoke of your burden. And he who has broken the enemy's power. Jesus has come as the guarantor. You might ask, well, why does he come with a baby? Because he is born as the guarantor. He is born to secure the light coming into the world. And when he is born, everything changes. No longer do we walk in gloom, says Isaiah, but we walk in gladness. For unto us a child is born. It is not the same for us. However dark it gets, he always provides us with light. As with the gladness of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil, even when we're walking in darkness, we know the dawn is coming. Even when we have little, we know we can trust his provision. Even when we feel defeated, we know we have the ultimate victory. Because unto us a child is born. To us a son is given. Whoever thought that the answer would be a child? You know, when I, when I look at the world today and I, I listen to things on the radio and to politicians, I mustn't really because I get despairing, <laughs> politicians and, and the news, they talk about policies and they talk about methods and systems and formulas but God's answer is always a person it's never a system and it's never a formula the answer the wisdom of God is that the answer is always a person and for the greatest problem of all, we needed the greatest person, which was Jesus himself. He comes, not as a mature adult, because you would have thought, why doesn't he come as a mature adult? Why is he born as a baby? Because what's the purpose of that? Well, if you've, if you've been a parent, you'll know that actually children need to be taught, they need to be 
train, they need to grow up, they need to, because, you know, even I remember trying to teach Ben to share, which is difficult for an only child, share the toy. No. (laughs) Just share, because sharing is good. Sharing is a really good thing to do. No. (laughs) Just share it. It's really good to share. It's fun to share. No. Share the toy. And um, because they have their own rules, don't they? It's like, it's mine. I found it. It's mine. It looks like mine, so it's mine. I had it earlier, and I'm playing with it, so it's mine. He put it down. Whenever somebody puts it down, it becomes mine. (laughs) And we spend the rest of our time training the child, actually, to live properly and to grow and to mature and to be... Well, it's odd to say this, but Jesus was the same because he he is the perfect, sinless, eternal Son of God, but he grows up shaped by the Father. He said, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, the Father cuts off. Every branch that does bear fruit, the Father prunes. He's shaped me for the task ahead. And that's because in the things of God, God likes to grow things, doesn't he? He likes to grow things. And things take time. And they grow up from something small to something greater. It's just in the purposes of God. He always likes to grow things. And I think that's because He's interested about who we are. We get so worked up in church and spiritual life about what we do. We get worked up in our lives about what we do. But in fact, God is actually more interested in what you become. I think that's true for parents too, isn't it? I mean, as a parent, I'm much more interested in whether Ben is matures and, and you know, he's, he's got all his sort of capabilities and he's, he's content and he's happy and he's developing his skills and, and he's leading a good life and he's, he's you know, he's, he's got the favour of God and of men and he's, that, that's, who are, that's, that's much more important to me than whether he's an architect or a builder or a bus driver about who he becomes is more important than what he does. And that's true for God and us. Who we become, how we are shaped, is so much more. And we grow up in him. And he wants to shape us and mold us and keep us and sustain us. And that's the wonderful thing about the purposes of God. Unto us a child is born. Because he likes to grow things and shape things and prepare things. I remember listening to the story of Reinhard Bonke. Um, and sorry, that no, wasn't Reinhard Bonke. He died. Reinhard Bonke died yesterday. So, so that's why Reinhard Bonke is on my mind. Um, I was listening to a story by Graham Cook. Um, Graham Cook is a, somebody who's prophetic ministry. It's not in the UK much this, at the moment, it's more in, more in the United States. But he said, um, 
he said that when he, when, he, when he preached and when he had the opportunity of going around and traveling about and giving the word of God, um, he had three guys used to turn up and they'd sit in the front row with their notepads and pens and they would take down copious notes of everything he said and everything he did. And it would all appear on the websites as criticisms and challenges and questions and things like this. And this went on for about two years and he was praying about this and these guys kept turning up. Every single, almost every meeting he, he arranged all over the country, they would turn up. And, um, and he had this, after about two years, he had a dream. And he said in the dream, he could see that there was a very large piece of marble. And then these people came in and they started to chisel away at the marble. And uh, this went on for hours and hours and hours in the dream. And he couldn't see either what they were doing or who they were. And then right at the very end of the dream, he tur- they turned the marble around and he could see that it was him. And they took their covers off, and it was the three men that had been coming to the meeting for the last two years. And after that dream, those men stopped coming. That was it. Job done. And he realized that actually that something in him was being challenged and molded and shaped by that experience, and that God in some way was in it. And he said that the sooner we yield to the sculpture, the sooner we come out of the trial. The sooner that we accept that God is in the business of shaping and molding us and developing us, then we come through that trial. And we might come into a different time in the things of God. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And I think that's really important for us in terms of just being able to understand how God wants to grow us and mature us in the things of God. And that means sometimes that there are things that we need to learn how to overcome. And there are things in life that we need to overcome. And they might be trivial things, they might be Little things, but, but each of them is a lesson in terms of how we are shaped and how we develop in the Lord. You know, the other day I went for, I was going for a, a, just a, a prayer walk on my day off. I'm so spiritual. A prayer walk on my day off. And, um, and it was just a lovely day like today. And, um, and I'm walking through this field and the sun was shining and it was just beautiful and it was cold air it was in the morning and I just I thought I'd take it it's, it was um, these lovely sheep around these sort of black sheep with brown um, it's not fur is it it's fleece <laughs> fleece wool <laughs> and uh, I just thought I'd stand in that in the um, in the field for a moment and just take in the moment so I thought <sighs> just deep breath and, I, and then suddenly boof, like this and I turned around and it was a ram And it just rammed me. And I, now I know why it's called a ram. And it was staring at me as if to say, leave my ladies alone. You know? And I was looking at this ram and I thought, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to run at me. I bet I'm going to have to do something. So I decided to scare it. So I, so I went, ah, like that in front of the ram. Did it work? No, it didn't actually. Just, um, I got it running, but sadly towards me. 
and um, and it just beat the life out of me. I mean, I got hit on the bum, I got hit on the, I got hit on the leg, I got hit in the back. And I, I, by the way, just to just point out that all of these impacts are in the rear part of the body. This is due to the fact that I am running, screaming across this field. And I'm, I'm now in the other field and I can't get back. I can't get back to my, to my car because I've got this ram. And I'm thinking, this isn't right. I'm the vicar of Hawkage. I can't, this, I need to pray about this. And I thought, Lord, I just want to pray because I, I just thought this is really, really <laughs> you know those little things are, are trivial moments, but actually they can be quite stressful at the time. And I was thinking, Lord, this is really tricky. Um, and I just want to pray that, um, that, you know, that I can get across and... Um, and so about half an hour later, I thought, right, I'm going to face the ram down. Later on, actually, I spoke to a farmer who said to me, all you need to do is you get hold of his horns and you throw him to the ground, put your knee on his throat, and you let him know his boss. And I'm thinking, what are the chances of me being able to do that? And um, so I just got over the fence and I started walking, and they'd gone. Everything had gone. The ram had gone, the sheep had gone. Now, you might say, well, it's just coincidence, Rob. But, you know, the thing is, I've discovered that when I stop praying, the coincidences stop happening. And what's really interesting here is how this poem ends. Because it ends with the statement, the government will rest upon his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace, and there will be no end to the increase of his government and peace. In other words, we are under a different authority. And that's true. When we are in Christ, we are under a different authority. And it's different for us. We live under a different authority. And the authority of Christ is there for us. I think it's really important that we understand that because sometimes we'll find ourselves in situations and God will allow those situations to teach us how to overcome because he has given us authority and because we live under the authority of the wonderful counsellor and the increase of his government, which rests upon his shoulders, will not cease. It will not ease. To establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore, the seal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, when a child is born, everything does change. But when this child is born into our lives, everything changes. What once was darkness becomes light. Where once we walked in gloom, we can walk in gladness. Where once we had no provision, we enjoy the harvest. Where once we were under oppression, we can have the victory and the spoils of victory. When this child is born into our lives, everything starts to change. They had to wait until he grew to maturity, 30 years. But it didn't matter, because the moment he was born, 
the change was secured. And the moment we are born to him, the change is secured. It's guaranteed for us. And so today we praise you and we thank you that Jesus Christ is indeed born into our lives. He is the son who is given. And we live under a different authority. Not under the authority of men. Not under the authority of the law. Yes, of course we keep it. And yes, of course we adhere to the law. And yes, of course, we recognize the authority of government. But our authority is higher than that. Praise God. It's higher than the government. Our authority is in God himself. And we live under that authority. And there are times when we'll need to face challenges. And there are times when we need to overcome. And we can do that. We can do that with the authority that you have given to us. And so, Father, we pray, help us to learn during this Christmas time that this child born to us has changed everything in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.